All right, man. I guess we're live. So let's uh yeah, yeah, exactly. let's just start recording. Hey everybody, welcome to another um, episode of Money and Stuff. Money and Stuff. I am your host, Sam Rodriguez, along with my co-host, Connor Shepard. Hello. We're here to talk about some money and stuff. And if you're here, I would hope that's what you're looking for. It's the name of the podcast. You're, you're looking for Christmas gift ideas. This is not the place. Crafts, not the place. Um, I mean, shoot me an email. I can I can give you my best shot, but yeah. I'm terrible at gift buying. Side hustle tips, not the place. <laughs> what else is out there? Crypto uh, advice. Not the pl- Definitely not the place. <laughs> Compliance, if you've heard that. We are not the place for that. <laughs> not the place. Um, we are. <laughs> we just talk about money and stuff. That's what we talk about. So much falls under that stuff umbrella. Leaves a lot to the imagination almost. Yeah. So what what are we talking about? Money or stuff? I guess it's stuff. Money is involved, but money is involved in everything, right? So money stuff? Maybe. All right. So today I figured we could talk about something that I'm sure a lot of people have been reading about in the news, mass layoffs with a lot of these big S&P 500 companies, Amazon, Meta, Google, not just laying off now, but saying that they're assuming that they'll be continuing these layoffs into 2023. Mm-hmm. Um it just seems like it's got a lot of people kind of concerned for fairly so. I thought we might be able to talk about that. Yeah. Where well, do you want to start? Well, so I guess me being a young buck, I have not lived as long as you or others. So I guess would like what it what would be your perspective you <laughs> with your experiences in the past of like company layoffs like this? That came out uh uh don't take terribly. Don't, yeah, yeah, that came out. Not way. not horribly, but terribly. Pretty bad. Right? It could have been much worse, but it also could have been much better. Four out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. All right. So, 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 what are you asking? Well, so I guess, what are some of your first thoughts when I just brought up? Okay, we're talking about these mass layoffs. When you've read about them, or when you've seen that in the news, being someone in this industry much longer mm-hmm. with so much wisdom and experience <laughs> to share. What are, I guess, some of your thoughts and just things that go through your head seeing that? Man, I, I honestly don't even know what you're talking about. The advice I've given you in the past, you know, don't read anything. <laughs> don't watch the news. Don't try to be informed in any way whatsoever. Well, and I, I took that to heart, but I thought it was one of those roundabout way lessons where you tell me not to do it, but then you're secretly expecting me to do it. And it's this whole, ah, but you learned the lesson. <laughs> That's right. Wow. Okay. Obviously I'm kidding. Um, you know, I, as far as, as far as what do I think when, when I see these articles or see some of this information in the news, I think over the years I've trained myself to automatically think about what are our clients thinking when they see these headlines and when they see this in the news. So my first thought is, what is everybody else assuming about this? And in the economic times we're in right now, where we have high inflation, we have a Fed that is raising interest rates. Of course, people worry about whether or not a recession is coming. And then you pile on top of that, hearing some of the biggest companies here in the US announcing layoffs, it can kind of feel like a sign that a recession is definitely around the corner. Mm-hmm. That's in my mind, that's the first thing I think, not from a personal standpoint, but putting myself in the client's shoes and acting as if I am them reading these headlines. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. 
Okay. And I guess like, not to say that you have the answers, but you know, in a previous episode that we talked about regarding corporate greed and just talking about, you know, a lot of these companies seeing record profits or seeing very nice profits year, you know, over the course of this past year with everybody struggling, I guess just what kind of explanation would, could they have to sit there? For these layoffs? Yeah. Especially if they're coming, if that's piggybacked off of, oh, but we just had one of the most profitable years to date. I'd say for me, I always want to look a little bit deeper and try to find some common thread. What is some commonality in these companies that have announced these major layoffs? What are some reasons they may be announcing the layoffs? Mm -hmm. Kind of common sense may tell you they see a recession coming and they're trying to prepare for it or they're trying to get ahead of it. But when I look at these companies that have announced major layoffs, DoorDash, Amazon, Meta slash Facebook, Twitter, Zillow, Peloton, DocuSign, all of these companies were companies that just went through an absolute boom Mm. during the pandemic. Okay. And I wouldn't be surprised if we went back and, and looked at their hiring during 2020 and 2021, that we didn't see an excess hiring yeah. during that period of time. Okay. <clears throat> and these companies all did extremely well during the pandemic. And now that we are getting to a point where not that things are back to normal, I think some of these things have changed the way we operate on a day-to-day basis, but maybe they don't completely go back to the way they were, but they definitely aren't going to stay the way they were when we were all locked inside of our homes 24-7. So I think in my mind, or what I see is I see the commonality is these were companies that all did very, very well. Mm -hmm. And I think that they'll continue to do well, but probably not as well as they did during that period of time. There's some others, right? So, you know, Zillow's in there. Okay. We obviously know housing is going through the bottom end of the cycle right now. So that makes sense. I'm sure there's some some other outliers out there that aren't specifically those companies that did well during the pandemic. But when you look at the, the companies that have announced it, you can look at them and say, well, it makes sense that company would be laying people off. Mm-hmm. And, it, and that's a very good point as well when you talk about that hiring boom, because that's something that I, I hadn't even crossed my mind, but that's certainly a major factor. I mean, if these companies some of those companies are seeing their first real explosion in business, they're going to respond in kind with that rapid hiring. And so Mm -hmm. for a lot of these companies, it could very well just be, okay, we bit off a little more than we could chew, wanting to make sure we got like, had everything taken care of, and now we can scale back. Yeah, they could also, they could have overhired. All of these companies were in high growth mode Mm -hmm. in 2020 and 2021. And I'm not necessarily saying that they're all falling back like they don't, you know, they all could be doing just as much business as they were. I don't know. But even if they're laying people off just to sort of right size how many people they need to have because they've become much more efficient over this last year, you know, maybe they were growing at such a rapid pace. They were just hiring and hiring and hiring. And then over the last 12 to 18 months, really figured out how to streamline their processes and realizing they don't need as many people as they had. That could be the case too. Yeah. I mean, I know Netflix, I don't remember how long ago it was. It might've been a few years, but I know that they talked about that issue where basically they had layoffs because they kept bringing people on assuming, hey, we're going to just continue to need this, you know, growing work. Mm -hmm. And they reached a point that they realized, oh, we actually don't, we have more unnecessary roles than we realized and we need to scale back 
Man. Yeah, they could have hired just to stay ahead of a of a problem they thought they were going to have in the future. Yeah. And that that hiring shortage may not have ever come to fruition. Yeah. And so now they have to sort of just scale back on the, the amount of people that they have working for them. I think too, another thing could be when everybody was working from home. Yeah. It's hard to tell how efficiently people are really working. Yeah. And now I think as some of these companies are bringing people in, maybe they're realizing, okay, we, we've got a lot of people not getting as much done during the yeah. day. Like we have two or three people doing a job that one person really could do, yeah. you know, especially if you were hiring, heavily hiring during the pandemic, mm-hmm. it was hard to tell how many people you needed for what job. Well, right? especially because of all the unpredictables and unknowns and the fact that so many of these companies were talking about, like they are, a lot of them are software companies, but a lot of them are, they're almost all businesses that were specific or not designed for it, but you, they almost look like they were designed for pandemic circumstances. You know, the DocuSign, mm-hmm. the Uber Eats, the Zillow. I mean, all these things where it was the perfect time that they saw that explosion in business. And so it makes sense that they wouldn't necessarily have an idea of like, oh yeah, this is exactly how many employees it's going to take. Right. They were in growth mode. Exactly. Exactly. They were expanding, expanding, expanding. Money was coming in the door. So it wasn't really an issue. And they all have their own issues going on that could also be contributing to it. But you look at these companies and you go, man, there's a a pretty common thread between them all in terms of sort of the cycle they all went through over the last three years. You know, and I know another thing, there's headlines out there saying majority of CEOs see a recession in 2023. And that makes people a little bit nervous about whether or not a recession is coming. And I know that the question wasn't, is there going to be a recession in 2023? But it's probably what everybody's wondering, right? You remember a few episodes ago, I said a pretty good indication of how the market is going to do is when your, say, grandmother or someone who never asked you about the market suddenly starts becoming interested. Yeah. Right. I would say that that's pretty common when recessions happen as well. They don't typically happen when everyone thinks a recession is going to happen because usually a recession is triggered by an event, some something that we didn't see, something that blindsided us. And I think everybody's worried that continued rising rates um, is going to lead to a slowdown in spending, which is going to lead to more layoffs, which is going to end up putting us in a recession. And that is completely possible. That is possible, but it's also possible that inflation continues to fall much faster than we expect. And we, we already saw it this morning. We saw it last month. We saw it again this morning that the inflation numbers came out and they were much lower than people expected. Experts expect, right? I mean, I shouldn't put that in quotes. They're experts. (laughs) They're experts, right? Lower than what they expected. If that continues. I'd call myself um, an air quotes expert. (laughs) Okay. So that continues, I think we can stave off a recession. Yeah. The other thing that I would say about these CEOs that are all predicting a recession, they also all predicted that they were going to need much higher inventories than they needed. And they over-ordered in 2021, which led to less orders in the beginning of 2022, which is why our GDP numbers were low in the first half of 2022. So they already were not good at predicting something (laughs) very recently. These same CEOs made the mistake of overestimating what was going to happen on the upside. So I would say, let's assume that these CEOs are not infallible. Yeah. Let's assume that they can be on the wrong side of economic history 
Yeah, don't take um, that word as law. Right. Am I saying that there's not going to be a recession? I'm not saying that, right? The possibility of something unforeseen shocking our economic system and driving us into a recession is possible. I will tell you myself, I I, I don't think we're going to end up in a recession. I think if we do end up in a recession, it's going to be pretty shallow unless something very unexpected happens. On that thread of uh, something unexpected, what, I guess, and I'm not trying to get into, uh, you know. Like what could happen that would yeah, shock the system? The worst case scenarios, but like for me, the first thing that comes to mind when thinking of like, okay, unknown factors. I mean, I just think of the war in the Ukraine. Yeah. I just like something drastically shifting in the dynamic there. The ripple effect of that could be huge. Yeah. So what else could it be? You know, e even if the, the rest of the world went to war at this point, I'm not sure what the economic effect would be because we're already spending so much on this war. Yeah. We're not engaged in the war, but yeah. from a monetary perspective, we're spending billions of dollars on this war already. Yeah. So how much would that change? I'm not really sure. It's already shocked energy supply. It's already shocked food supply. So I'm not, I'm just not quite sure how much worse it could get. And, and I think people are working very hard to solve those problems. You know, one thing about economics that is fantastic is when there is a shortage in one place or a shortage of supply in one place, some enterprising individual or country will see that need and try their best to fill it because they see the opportunity to come up economically. Mm -hmm. And I have no doubt that there are places that right now are trying to figure out, hey, how do we take advantage of this right now? How do we help ourselves out personally as a country, as a region, economically and fill this void? Mm -hmm. I mean, as humans, we're always looking for an advantage. You know, we talked about you know, is, is it greed or is it enterprising? <laughs> so I don't want to say that as individuals, we're greedy, but we are by nature, very enterprising. And anytime That's, that we- That we, is a great, great sidestep of that. Like, I, lo I love that. <laughs> that is a great way of putting it. Because I absolutely would say greed is part of our nature. I think yeah. You could argue I, it's part of what's helped us evolve. Yeah. Anytime there's a crisis or a problem, we find solutions. We, anytime there's- um, money to be made, a way to up your status economically, whether as an individual or as a country, it, it, we take advantage of it. So I think, I think we'll figure it out as far as what economic shock would come along. I just, I don't know, but I think that's the point. We'd never yeah. know. Yeah. We don't know what it's going to be. Yeah. And that's, you know, kind of my point is even in the best of economic times, those shocks can still happen. Yeah. It's just right. a matter of how, like, it'll always be unexpected. It's just a matter of how off guard are you getting caught? And what, and how fragile is the economy at the time? Yeah. So if something unexpected happened after the war in the Ukraine started, if there had been more that had happened during that period of time, I could see that have happened mm -hmm. or that have happened, that that could have happened is what I was trying to say. You but yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, we've had months to get used to what's happening in the Ukraine, figure out what we're doing. You know, now we have a system where we're able to buy Russian oil without Russians using it to 
what am I trying to, you know, they put, <laughs> what am I trying to say? Using it to fill their war chest mm. in the fight against the Ukraine. They put a cap on the price of a barrel of oil that we'll take from Russia. So that way the supply can still be out there, but they can't take advantage of price gap. really being, yeah, really being able to fill up that their, their coffers and yeah. take advantage of the situation. So then you got to worry about our Americans in a fragile state right now. And I would say we're more fragile than we were a year ago because wages haven't kept up with inflation. But at the same time, even though we've increased our debt load this year, by historical standards, it's still pretty low. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of the debt that we have has been acquired over the last several years. And it's been and it, it's being serviced at extremely low interest rates. Mm -hmm. The difference between now and say pre-2008 housing crash is interest rates were much higher at that time. Actually, interest rates probably were at that time were probably pretty near where they are now. But prior to that, they had been higher. At that point, interest rates were already falling and had fallen to where our interest rates are now, which means a lot of the people who were carrying debt were carrying debt at a service level that was much, much higher than what your average household is carrying debt at right now. So it doesn't cost nearly as much to carry that debt per household as it did, say, 15 years ago. Yeah. So we're just, we're in a much better position. Right now we have, you know, record low unemployment. So people are working. We don't have a right, like we don't even have like a slowly ticking up unemployment rate. We have a, a continually falling unemployment rate. So the job market is good. So people can still earn income. Maybe it may not be as much as they want, but they'd still be able to take care of themselves. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I really do feel like we're in a pretty good spot where I'm not quite sure what would come along that would cause us to go in the into the type of recession that people are really worried about. Mm -hmm. Well, and like you said, it's always something that we don't expect. That's kind of the nature of what makes it so sudden when you have a recession. Uh, yeah, when so something major, when something something major happens that affects the entire economy that isn't isolated in any way but that has ripple effects that go throughout the entire economy. And that happens so fast that we don't have the chance to prepare for it. Yeah. That's the kind of shock that sends us into those kind of recessions. All right. Is that it? Is this the shortest episode we've ever done? It might be. So let's wrap it up. Let's, let's say then, yeah, companies are laying off, but so far the companies that are laying people off are probably the companies that overhired during the pandemic because they're the companies that did extremely well during the pandemic. You've got, you've got, yeah, you've got Twitter laying off 50% of their employees, but <laughs> I don't think that has anything to do. I, I think that's just with the economy. That's a that's a uh I mean, that's a case study if I've ever seen one. That is just a fascinating day-to-day -day story. Yeah. I think that's a little bit of I'm gonna break up with you before you can break up with me. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm gonna fire you before you can quit and find another job. I think that's yeah. a great way of putting it. <laughs> Yeah. So, so I, I really don't see these companies that are laying off people. I don't see them as a sign of a slowing economy or, or, or a slowing economy that is indicative of a recession. Yeah. I think it's a sign of companies that did extremely well due to the circumstances kind of coming back down to where they probably should be. Yeah. Cool. Well, and it makes sense. It's one of those things where it's easy when you see headline after headline to just get caught up in the fervor of the story or the mood, but looking a little more under the hood. Yeah, I think if you 
if you want to think about a good indication of if a recession is coming, is ask yourself how secure you feel in your job. If you feel like, I think our company is doing pretty well. I think my job is pretty secure because of that. If your job's not secure because of your performance, that's not indicative of the economy. Yeah, the economy can't help there. <laughs> that's the right. But if you feel like your job is secure because the company is still doing pretty well, then the next question to ask yourself, if, or, or I guess I should say, then I think we're less likely to, to be in that position where um, a recession is a foregone conclusion. So, but if you say to yourself, oh, you know what? My company's not doing great. I am kind of fearful that I may lose my job. So the next question to ask yourself then is, what are your prospects of finding another job? You know, how easily do you feel like you could find another job? Mm-hmm. And if the answer is, well, probably pretty easily. Again, another sign that the economy is in much better shape than I think we're made to feel it is. Yeah. And I think that term, what you just said, that phrase is exactly, it, it applies perfectly. It's it's not as bad as we're made to believe it is. Yeah. We, as humans, think in extremes. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> when, when we feel good about things, then things are amazing. <laughs> when we're worried about things, everything is about to be terrible. Yeah. We, we don't operate we in that. We have the highest highs and the lowest lows. <laughs> yeah. All right. Case solved. Case solved. Hang up the old detective hat. Yeah. Another day of hard work at the office. That's right. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. We will talk to you next time. Bye, guys. The opinions voiced in this podcast are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a decision.